Thank you for joining us on Church Unscripted with uh, Brookside Church. I'm Luke Chappelle, and I get to be the uh, guest moderator today. So uh, John and David are stuck answering some of our questions that we have here. Uh, Please uh, feel free to leave a comment, uh, like, and subscribe. Um, Also want to make you aware of Easter. We're going to have services on Easter, which is the 9th at 9 and 11 o'clock. And on Good Friday, uh, the sanctuary is going to be open from, I believe, 4 to 7 for what we're calling a journey to the cross. Uh, So it'll be kind of an interactive experience, a sensory experience. Uh, We look forward to having you all with us. So with that, we'll start with uh, some fun and some debrief on on your sermon on Sunday. Would that be all right? I I don't know, Luke. I'm a little afraid. You're you're very prepared today. Very prepared? I think you're very prepared. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know why you're afraid. Do I ask hard questions? I, you sometimes I mean, you have hard questions, but Sunday was Sunday was really enjoyable. The worship set fit with the sermon. The sermon fit yeah. with the worship set. So yeah, usually I'm you guys screw that up. That. So oh okay, oh, wow. okay. that's oh. on film now. Wow. So, okay. okay. Now we know totally I'm, kidding. No. Totally but, kidding. But Luke, you came, you came with some questions because we asked you to moderate this week. Yeah, to kind of right. Guide the discussion. Yeah. So thank you. So is it okay if I ask David a first oh, first couple totally, questions? Totally. That'd be all right. I didn't yeah. preach. So you can't ask me. No. Well, I I think what's fun about that is, you know, you didn't preach. And so, you know, for me, it's, I'm looking at, you know, some of the take-homes he left us Mm. with, right? And, you know, how those take-homes sometimes get interpreted, right, is sometimes, I think, really, really interesting. Sometimes the spirit leads us to interpret it a little bit differently. Sometimes, you know, it's like, oh, wow, that really strikes to the heart. Um, so I'm just going to start with, with John's first take home. And that was, you know, choose to be a log in the fire of the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for you, you know, as you hear that challenge, mm-hmm. what, what is that? How does that come across to you? Uh, there were a couple, a couple different ways that that came across to me. One of them I thought was actually a really good connection and I put it in my notes. But um, I think a lot of times you know, we feel like we have to do something and a log doesn't do anything. It's just sitting there. It gets, it gets set on fire, right? Right. But then you also made the connection to the Old Testament where Elijah literally douses an altar in water and the fire from heaven just takes it up. Yeah. Mm. And so, and you made the, the point that, you know, maybe somebody's feeling like they're, they can't be, a part of the fire of, of God because they're living this way or they, they feel like damaged goods or whatever they, mm. they may feel like. Um, but you made the point that, you know, if God can consume an altar of wet wood, basically, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, wet offering, um, that, I mean, he can, the Holy Spirit can do that to anyone. And so mm. I think it's just the, the, um, the idea of just being available and being open, mm. just saying, here I am. Um, and yeah, I guess that's kind of where my brain goes with that. Oh, that's good. I mean, you give a whole sermon on the topic and I, and I, I realize you're, you're not looking forward <laughs> to necessarily rehashing, hey, I, I just said this on Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, for you when, you, when you throw like practical applications out like that for people, you know, you probably had something in mind when you did that. A couple things. I, I definitely made a connection. Uh, I used the description of like wet wood. Yeah, it's like right. impossible to start a fire with right. that. 
Well, I think the openness, the the fact that really the only action is being open to the spirit. Mm. I mean, that's really kind of been the whole series that we've been in. Mm-hmm. If I were to summarize this series is we need to be open to the spirit. Mm-hmm. And if we're not open to the Holy Spirit, then we're just like a wet log that's sitting there that we can't, the fire of the Holy Spirit's not going to work in us. And you know what's interesting is even with a wet log, if you have tons of wind, you'd think it would dry off the log. Well, the core of the log is still wet. Right. It never, it doesn't dry out. And the only thing that dries a log out is the two the the, the warmth. Okay. And you talk about light. You ever mm-hmm. you ever walk through an area where there's snow on the ground and then you're like right over there there's no snow. It it all has to do with the light of the sun heating it up. Mm. And so I think in some ways that the only way to get out of that funk or whatever mm-hmm. you might call it is actually to be open to the spirit and it may happen not as quickly as we want. Mm. So open to the spirit. Oh wow. I mean I think I can internalize that and go, okay, I think I know what, what that means to me. Yeah. But I think that's also probably one of the, oh, for lack of a better term, I don't really like this term, but mystical mm-hmm. things for a Christian to start to internalize. So open to the spirit. Would love for both of you to go like, here's what that means. Go ahead, uh, okay, Pat. Dave. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> you, you pre- well, I, think, I think of it like this. Like I, I grew up in a church community where it was very stoic, mm-hmm. very conservative. Yep. Yep. And I realize now looking back, it's almost as if the Holy Spirit wasn't present in our practice. Ooh. Okay. So like an openness to the spirit is not that all of a sudden in our services, we have uh, loud, enthusiastic, mm-hmm. charismatic experiences, mm-hmm. but being open to the spirit is sometimes when you see something and God convicts your heart or you see an opportunity, mm. you move into that opportunity, even if it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Or yesterday I talked about even um, in Ephesians, I believe it said, or uh, sorry, Ephesians, Hebrews and Ephesians both kind of alluded to it, but it was bearing with one another in love. Right. Bearing with is mm. difficult mm-hmm. and uncomfortable. And sometimes openness to spirit requires us to delve into those uncomfortable or difficult experiences. Mm-hmm so that the spirit can use us. And so mm. in essence, when you're putting your log on the fire, right. what you're saying is God use me for your glory rather than my own. Mm. And that mm. might be difficult or uncomfortable. Mm. And it, it's probably going to be sacrificial. Mm. And so I think, I think there are moments of time. There's always rhythms of, um, I, I've used the term serving and soaking. You got to soak in what God's teaching you. And then you got to serve and, and act on it. And I think that rhythm is really the openness to the spirit. Is this a time where I need to, I need to seek more of his word or is this a time I need to act on his word? Mm. And I think that's really where we struggle is like, okay, mm. is acting, like if I read my Bible every day, does that mean I'm open to the spirit? Maybe. Or you're checking a box. Or I you're mean, checking a box. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. there's, so, there's, So an yeah. openness to spirit is actually the heart. So if you're dealing with something that's, that's uh, in action. It's mm. not always necessarily openness to the spirit. Mm. Openness to the spirit is a heart condition. Okay. Jesus continually addresses the heart rather than the head. Amen. Because mm-hmm. the the Pharisees they knew it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was all they heart. Added it was all law head. Upon law right? upon law. Yep. We can do that. We can say I've right. been to church my whole life. Yep. Well, mm-hmm. when did you pursue Christ? Or when, mm-hmm. what, what? What is mm-hmm. God manifesting in your life that's working for His glory right now? So as you say that, the thing that that into in, instantly comes to mind to me for me is spiritual intimacy yeah. right it's really that it's that spiritual intimacy with mm-hmm. the father 
through the spirit. Um, and that, that seeking of that, that oneness of heart and mind, um, which really relates back to, you know, some of the things you talked about as being, you know, consumed by the fire, mm-hmm. right? If the fire is all around us, completely consuming, mm-hmm. right? To me, that's, that's the openness to the spirit, which mm-hmm. is why you make that our first, you know, our first challenge there. So well, very well done. Something I, I thought of, um, there was an author a while back that wrote a book called The Forgotten God. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And I, it was about the Holy Spirit. And I thought to myself, like, it really is the, it's like the forgotten relationship. Mm-hmm. And so like, when you don't have, you can have in contemporary Christianity in mm-hmm. the United States, you can yep. have all the picture of what a Christian walk looks like and have almost no relationship to the Holy Spirit. Ooh. I mean, I'm not saying you don't have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But it's almost like that relationship that you see once a year. It's like going to see your relatives at Thanksgiving and Christmas. Like you go to them and you see them and you spend time with them and then you're like, okay, is this done? I'm moving on mm-hmm. because it makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It makes me feel, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's sometimes what our relationship with the Holy Spirit is. Mm-hmm. It's this forgotten relationship that we don't, we, we don't, t- I, I say we, okay, I'm speaking very generally. So no one, don't feel judgment because I'm, I'm saying this personally, internalizing it, but it's like, we tend to think if I do these things or I get these actions done, mm. if I get these tasks done or if right. I have these relationships in, inside the church, right. I don't necessarily need to go to that uncomfortable space. Mm. Or if I serve, uh, I know many people, they serve for years and years and years and years in, in ministry or they serve years and years and years in the church and they're faithful people. But when's the last time that they shared their faith? It reminds me of, um, I can't remember, I think it's in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe where one of the children, um, I think it is having this dialogue where they're curious about Aslan, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the question is, is and, and, you know, from C.S. Lewis's perspective, Aslan's sort of the personification of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the children asks, well, you know, because he's a lion, right? He's personified as a lion in the books. You know, is he safe? And the answer to that question was, no, he's not safe but he's good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, mm. you know, as we're... Well, it's not safe to get in a fire. <laughs> like, I'm not jumping <laughs> yeah, in a fire. I agree with you, right? Yeah, right. And so I, th- I think that's a beautiful, mm. you know, segue there. So uh, so thank you for that. That was good. Now, David, one of the things that that um, John talked or mentioned was worship, right? Mm-hmm. And that kind of, that spirit of worship, mm-hmm. right? How we can go through a worship and not... Um, not really engage, mm. right, with the spirit. We're just mm-hmm. kind of checking a box or going yeah. through the motions or singing mm-hmm. that song that we've sung 4,000 times. Right. We know it by heart, right? Yeah. Um, you know, when I, when I thought about, you know, being consumed, you know, being that log on the fire mm. of the Holy Spirit, you know, my mind instantly went to some worship songs, mm. right? Like I'm thinking um, one of my favorites is Set a Fire. Yeah. Uh, Will, Will Reagan, I think, mm-hmm. is... Yep. His, I really yeah. like the really long video, uh, yeah. version of that. Um, Carrie Job has a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably dating myself. DC Talk has a has a song called "Consume Me." Yeah, right. Uh, Maverick City uh, has one called "Refiner." Yeah. Um, you know when I so it's it's easy. So when you think about being in the Holy Spirit from a worship perspective, mm. what is how do you? Mm. I figured you'd be the perfect person to kind yeah. of unpack well, it's, that. So it's kind of tricky because um, I think a lot of times in worship, like music is an emotional thing. And so a lot of times, you know, we can say, you know, oh, I really felt the presence of God, but it was more of an emotion. 
and then do are we drawn so in that moment you know it it could be the holy spirit or it could be emotion but what does it draw us to if it draws us to that high that emotion then I just keep coming back Sunday after Sunday because I need to get my fix so that I uh, And I think having an openness to the spirit in worship is saying like, no, like my life is worship. Like scripture tells us like wor- worship is, if you think worship is 20 minutes on a Sunday, like that's, right. that's not biblical. Um, we, our lives are an, uh, an act of worship. And so if my thoughts um, if my life is characterized by an openness to the spirit, mm. then all of that becomes worship. And I don't just come to church to get a high, but I actually use the music to put words to maybe what's going on in my heart. Ooh, and so I think there's, there's a lot there. There's a lot at play because there's so many, I mean, we see this all the time. There's so many churches that have such a charismatic uh, expression mm-hmm. of of worship of the Holy Spirit, but maybe the rest of the week, you know, some of those people could be uh, living a life that is different than what sure. Jesus calls yep. us to live. Yep. And so there's a, we have to be careful in worship because music does emote things. Like yeah, no definitely. matter what type of music yep. it is. So I, I want to bounce off that a little bit. Yeah. You, you had a thought there that yeah. I kind of want to run with a little yeah. bit. So you said something that I think is very important. The, the singing. Mm-hmm on Sunday morning is an expression of your worship the rest of the week, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So let me put it this way. Do you think that you can also come into, say, a church service or you watch the church service on YouTube mm-hmm. or whatever, and before that moment, your heart is not right with God? Mm. Mm. It's not an expression of your worship mm-hmm. that week. Yeah. And yet you can have a... I, I'll use the word emotion, so maybe not necessarily an emotional experience, but but actually have it draw you into where you need to be mm-hmm. with worship. Is that like another side? So, of that point so I know? think I think that's the that's the power of music <clears throat> and worship in general. Worship as the not as life, but worship as the moment that we yeah. characterize in church where we sing. Um, that's why I think we're in a in a space where we repeat a lot of lyrics is because as we're repeating those things we may have had a terrible week and i think that's why it's important for us to open our mouths and sing during mm. worship is what that does is it, it's creating a new thought in my mind whether i feel it or not it can be a completely non-emotional experience but then I begin to believe what I'm saying over and over and over. You are good. You are good. You are good. I may have had a diagnosis. I may have had a, a death in my family. I may have had whatever, but you are good. You are good. You are good. Mm-hmm. It draws you in faith to more of an openness to the spirit. Because if without that, uh, it's easy to fall into bitterness or to fall into like, well, you know, God doesn't really care about me or I'm, you know, whatever that is. So I think, yeah, you're right. Like that, that, that corporate worship plays a huge part in our in our weekly worship and vice versa. I think they're both tied to each other. Good stuff. Wow. So let's let's spend a little bit more time on Holy Spirit fire. Mm. Sorry, I'm just laughing at you because you're reading my notes as we... Uh, like, I, are you going to light me on fire? I'm a little afraid he's going to light me on fire. I'm, so. not, I'm not the pyro here. You, yeah. You're the oh, one that's the professed yeah. pyro. Oh, yeah, self-confessed. Um, 
actually, I probably was a pyro. So, but we can talk about that later. Um, so I really, I like the quote and this isn't scripture. And I actually tried to figure out who <laughs> wrote the quote and I couldn't find it. So I'm stealing it. Um, the quote is ashes and manure make the best fertilizer. And so as we think about, you know, being a log and the fire of the Holy Spirit, right? Yes, we're helping fuel that fire. Um, you also talked about refining, mm-hmm. right? And what I like about mm-hmm. that quote is ultimately like manure and ashes usually aren't seemed as having a lot of worth to mm-hmm. them. Yet they make the best growth potential. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as we think about ourselves being consumed in a fire, right? You talked a little bit about refining. Um, you know, where, you know, when we think about that fire really destroying, like, because, I mean, ultimately fires have destructive power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what, are we, what are we hoping for in that refining and or mm-hmm. kind of destructive nature of fire? As being, being the do, law Do you want me to fire, give you the Sunday school answer or do you want me to give you the, the full answer? Because I think there's a lot more to this. I can. Which, I can which answer do you metaphor, suppose that I want? The, the metaphor. <laughs> the metaphor, the metaphor. <laughs> so, so in essence, if you're looking at ashes as this is when we've been burned up in the fire, the consuming right. fire, yeah. the refining, what God's doing is taking our flesh and Ooh. we're dying to ourselves. Okay. And when that's put in, what grows back is a Christ-likeness. If you want to use that. Yeah, no, it's great. To talk about that. The other part of it is you mentioned manure, which manure is not even part of the fire. So you kind of ruined. I understand. I ruined ruined your analogy. I'm sorry. But there is the manure of sin in our life. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. And what happens to manure when it's used as fertilizer is it goes away. Mm -hmm. It's used for new growth. Right. And so I think that goes to the redemptive power of the refining process. The refining process, I mean, we used a big word called sanctification. Right. And Which David made me define last week. I know. <laughs> so. It made you define. But like the reality is, it's just, it, we're just becoming more like Jesus Christ. Right. Who, right. who is the catalyst, the Holy Spirit. Right. The fire of the Holy Spirit is refining us to become more mm. like Jesus. Um, there was kind of twofold in the sermon. It was like, okay, so this is what the Holy Spirit does with someone that doesn't believe yet. Right. And this is what the Holy Spirit does with someone believing. And with someone that believes the refining process is is pretty thorough and sometimes mm-hmm. painful. I mean i i don't like so, I don't like being thrown in fire. I know well, sure, I've but gotten like, burned, you know. And maybe I'm maybe I'm getting too personal here, but do you have any examples in your worlds? Like, how has the Holy Spirit refined you? Mm. David just goes, mm, and that's <laughs> supposed to be his answer. No, right? that's 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 a good question for all of us. I'm yeah, that's good. I. Uh, do you have something? Yeah, I, I think more recently for me, um, and it's still a process, but patience mm. and faith, sure, uh, hand in hand, kind mm-hmm. of. There's just been a lot of things going on in in my family, in my house, in my all these different things, and it all kind of boils down to like I I try to do things myself, mm. and I want them done now. Right. And so it's, for me, the the refining has been, are you willing to just wait and trust? Mm. And so for me, like that's been something that I've been kind of wrestling through for the last few months is just that, that waiting and trust on, on his, on his timing. So, 
personally, I have so many stories. So I believe that I will. I will keep it to a bare minimum. People's attention spans. I'll speak, I know. I'll you know. speak more generally. Um, I think the greatest refiner in my life is painful experience. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sure. I would say, I, at one point, I did kind of a life map, and like, oh wow, like it was actually just date uh, dates roughly. Again, yeah, it's sure. years ago, mm-hmm. even from my childhood. Dates of memories that were either painful, like like mm. high joy, so they were extremes. Oh, wow. So yeah, the extremes. Mm. And what I found is there were pockets where a lot of stuff happened really quick, mm. and those were the the growth periods of my life. Like mm. I look at it and I go, okay, I grew a lot here. I grew a lot here. I grew a lot here. And every time I looked at it, I was like, but I wouldn't want to go through any of those ever again. <laughs> and so, so I mean, I, so I don't mm. think, I don't think the refining fire of the Holy Spirit is something that we engage with mm-hmm. in an active sense, like wanting it, desiring it. But as it's happening and afterwards, as we can look in hindsight, we go, I'm thankful that God was a part of that. Mm. I'm thankful that God was there. I'm yeah. thankful God saved me from this. I'm thankful that God caused this to happen. Um, and I think I think it changes as we age a little bit, mm. the refining process. Like it used to be a refining process where it was things happen to me physically or personally. Mm-hmm. And now I realize it's things happening to my family, happening to my wife, happening Ooh. to my kids, mm-hmm. happening to people around me that I desperately care about. And then I started realizing like, hey, God's refining process is actually like, honestly collective in the church naturally Mm -hmm. sure and so when we look at it from an individualist standpoint it's like Mm -hmm. i'm the only one going through this it's like no god's refining the church Mm -hmm. god's refining all of us and so i'm not i'm not trying to speak super no that's that's good but the reality is like it's good i see the refining process being even in the people around me that i Mm -hmm. see suffering right or that i see and i'll tell you this nothing will be more profound for people you're around if you're going through something difficult and how you respond in a Christ-like way with humility. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll tell you one one thing about this. You know, I grew up in a home where my dad had two kidney transplants when I was a kid, mm-hmm. in and out of the hospital. There was all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff happening. Like, like I drove to the hospital one time without a driver's license. Sorry. Um, wow. Like, there were things that happened in my life that were very incredibly mm-hmm. traumatic at a young age. But what that's done is God used that process to refine me when mm, I was struggling. Wow. And then now I can talk to people that struggle with the mm, same things. Right. Yeah. And so like if we if we think mm. of the refining process as this just painful experience that we need to heal from, right. we're missing the boat because we Ooh. need to heal from it, but then we need to help others heal from it too. Well, Beautiful. I, I think that's the importance of community and relationship. And even bringing it back to your corporate worship idea is there's... To me, there's nothing that stirs me in my refining more than knowing the refining that someone else is experiencing and seeing oh. them with their hands raised, saying, I'll praise you, wow. whatever. That, that to me, that draws me to worship more than the song that I'm singing. It's to know that, mm. wow, like, you know, John, John's story says this, but he's sitting there or he's standing there and he's raising his hands saying, you're faithful, you're faithful. Like that does something to me. And that's why it's mm-hmm. important that we know each other, that we are, like you said, it's a, everyone's being refined. And that's where that transparency, vulnerability comes in to build. And refining the, to, becomes an encouragement at that point. Right. Rather than just like this. And it's not a pity sh- party. Yeah, it's not. A pity it's party. not a, oh yeah, you're, di- oh man, isn't it just the worst? You know, it's, it's right. actually more a mutual encouragement. No, that's awesome. I love where you guys went with that um, because ultimately I think that kind of leads into your your second bullet point 
which, you know, your second challenge to us was unity mm. of the Holy Spirit, right? And I think one of the things that we, we often forget, okay, is everybody's going through something, right? And sometimes that can cause disunity mm. within the Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like we're not creating grace, for others. We're not having space for their faults, mm. right, within the church. Um, you, you, you even mentioned, um, uh, what was it, preference versus, or unity versus preference or something yeah, along yeah, those lines. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember yeah. exactly. So a little bit to unpack here around this, really, and this might, this is going to go a little bit deeper and this might get a little uncomfortable. So, and, and if you just want to pass on it, just say I pass. I'm not <laughs> ready for this one. That's okay. Um, no, no harm, no foul on that. So what, you know, when we think about, you said preference, unity over preference, right? Or something, is that what I, I think yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Okay, preference. What does that mean? What am I, what am I giving up to maintain unity? Uh, you can give up a lot to maintain unity. Okay. But I, I would say this, like. I what are some at, examples, I look, what I are look, some examples of preference then? Preference. Uh, service time, worship set time, style of music. Uh, preaching style. Yeah. Um, you know, like I've heard so many people in my lifetime say, well, I'm going to church because they preach the word. Well, if you were going to church because you preached the word, why do you leave the last church that was still preaching the word? Ooh. Like, I'm just saying, like, that was a preference issue. There wasn't anything else. Now, I'm, now I'm uncomfortable. No, <laughs> no <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that, that, that if that's the truth, if that was mm. the only core issue. Right. So sometimes we present things that tend to be preference. And I think in the church, the biggest struggle, and I've been personally hurt by this, yeah. is where people turn preference into character and they assault your character because they're preference. Mm. Ooh, like you wow. don't worship this way. And if you don't worship this way, this is the only way to worship. Wait, I, I, I'm just pulling out all the stuff. No, no, I love I, that. No, I mean, uh, yeah. I, think, I think this is super healthy to unpack. Because, because, because if, it, if it was a care, if there was character mm. problems going on, those would have been addressed mm. versus like, oh, you didn't do things the way I like or things, and, and not to go too deep, but right. politically what I like. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Could be. I mean, on Sunday, on Sunday, mm-hmm. if you notice, I kind of, I kind of had this fine line here. Okay. I talked about gathering and you may want to talk about this in a second, but gathering. And then I also said, well, Jesus says in Matthew, yeah. well, ever two or more gathered, I'm there with you. So like really that's almost anywhere. That's not just Sunday mornings, right. but we are called Ooh. as believers to gather. Yep. That's a command. It's not, there's no, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. We're called to do You're that. You're right. We are going to so spend some time on like? that in a little bit. Yeah. So. <laughs> but I won't go too far into that, but I think, I think unity over preference. So for example, if you were spending all your time in argument with other believers rather than reaching your neighborhood Ooh. with the gospel, mm-hmm. that's a problem. That's unity over preference. That's preference Amen. over unity. If you are arguing with other believers or talking about what the other church did or this church did instead of stepping up and actually doing something, that's a problem. Mm. I mean, I'm, yeah. I feel like the, all that's preference. I can tell you my preference for music is eclectic. He says it's weird. Yeah, right? It's a little weird. It's all over the place. I listen to everything. I listen to everything. You were sermon prepping to metal. I know. I was. So, so like, if you... And? If you... I if could you, never do that. No, no. A little Project 86? No, no. it was even harder. No, okay. <laughs> it was harder. So, so like, like the, the, the key thing is, and what my, my point about that is, is if we were to take our preference musically, our preference preaching style-wise, mm. our preference 
and all that, and, and we forget that we need unity in the church, mm-hmm. we're going to have debates and arguments, and we're going to be talking about things that don't matter. Like, you know, David, you talked about earlier in the podcast, and maybe this is where you, you can bounce off of what I just mm-hmm. said, but you talked about one person having experience mm-hmm. and another person not. Mm-hmm. And I, I would argue many times that's tied to the preference and not to the Holy Spirit. I would agree. Absolutely. I mean, I think we, we, we actually close ourselves off to the move of the Holy Spirit because of our preference. So we actually close ourselves off to unity because we're, we, we are so set in, well, if they do five songs instead of three, I, I can't do that. You know, like I, or what, whatever little thing it may be. Sure. Um, we close ourselves off to unity. Um, but also I was thinking too, is, is on the side of leadership, it's important that we not lead with preference. I've been really challenged with this over the years Wow! is that I can tell somebody that we're not going to sing all hymns every single week, but then I cannot lead with no hymns every single week. You've been told that. Yeah. Yeah. And my Mm -hmm. preference I love hymns. So that's right. that's not really a preference for me, but like if 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 church looked the way that I preferred church to look, like no one else would be here. Because it would be well it's just it would be what I want. Well, and it would be made for me. Well, well, not for you or for you. Well, like sure. Apply that apply that to preaching. I've thought about this a lot because yeah. a few years ago I was like so I'm preaching every week. I was lead pastor at another mm-hmm. church yep. and I'm like, "Okay, I'm preaching every week." And I'm like, "Am I just preaching to myself?" Right. Like, right. So it's like, am I just preaching what affects me? Like, am I just, is it basically, is basically the pulpit an open confession of my preferences and what God's teaching me rather than what God's teaching the community of believers? Why do all of your illustrations have to do with having four kids? Like not everyone has four kids. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. No, you you can't, you're right. Because, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you have to think about that. Like, on on every spectrum, like it doesn't matter what your position is, what your authority is, what your uh, relationship. Like it's it's all uh, humility in the spirit to say I I will consider you higher than myself Ooh. for the sake of the spirit of God moving moving forward into our community like yes. wind and fire. Like that's what it's about. I uh, I'm gonna go back to something we've addressed already, but I'm just gonna. It's okay. a subset. It's in Ephesians 5. Okay. And I think it ties into this unity. If we're going to be unified rather than, than our preferences, we're going to do what Ephesians 5.21 says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's, yep. that's it. That's the answer. Yeah. That's what it is. And, and I think, so let me, let me I, I think there's a different direction we can continue this yeah. discussion because it does not mean that if you're serving you have to uh, submit to other people's preferences if you have a certain gifting. Like, like for example, I see the church often misuse people's gifting. You're gifted at this, right. and then all of a sudden we're using it for this. Mm-hmm. And I think in some ways, when we serve, like if you have a singer, you're like, hey, sing this way. And you're, you're like, I can't sing harmony. I can't do that. Like, why, why are you trying to have me do something that I'm not good at? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think in some ways, we have to realize what is the collective mm-hmm. body what talents and gifts do we have to use those rather than than melding it to a preferential treatment of some wow. sort of group or, you know, like it's, 
that just seems like something to me. We, I mean, we, we could spend another hour right there. I'm positive. <laughs> <laughs> you asked well, the question. I know. No, it's good. It's really good. So, so then, so we, we've dabbled on this, right? And I really like the way that you, you handled this. The, you know, you, you talked about preference and then you talked about unity, mm-hmm. right? So then other than preference, what else causes disunity in the church? I can think of a couple individual yeah, words. fire away. Uh, selfishness. Okay. And uh, I think when we walk in without an open heart to hear what other people are saying because we're struggling with things, Ooh. Um, there's no point in my life where I have not had a thousand things on my mind. Can you guys believe that? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> and so, so when I allow those thousand thoughts yep. cloud the fact that there's a human being in front of me, that's what creates disunity because I'm not willing to listen and hear. I'm not willing to speak into their life. And yet yet the beauty, and I love that you shared that because when we look at the life of Christ, was there ever someone who could have been thinking about more things at once (laughs) than Christ? No, no. Right? Right. I mean, no one could have had more on his mind mm. than the life of than, than Christ, mm. right? And yet he would meet people wherever they were. Mm-hmm. He knew I, he was going to the cross. Right. <laughs> no, I'm, I, right, exactly. And so, you know, for us, it's, it's, you know, especially as we're attempting to shepherd and minister to others, right? How do we, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's probably a, a, a major growth area for myself mm. is just parking, you know, can I really park everything else for a moment and just shepherd in love? Mm. Um, yeah, that's good. Thank you for challenging me. That's good. Thank you. So, I didn't plan that as a challenge, Luke. That's great. So, so. so then, so what else causes disunity? I mean, anything else? I, and I, and I re- I'm not looking for an exhaustive list. Well, just, I mean, like, I, I think it's easy to think of things like within the church like on a, like within this building. Yeah, sure. Like, I mean, I feel like gossip is always a big one. Sure, mm-hmm. um, naturally. You know, you mentioned basically pride. But I'm trying to think of, of things outside of things that relate to a Sunday mm-hmm. morning experience mm-hmm. that, would, that would cause disunity. And, and I, th- I think a lot of times we, we let, we let the way of the world influence our love for people in the sense of, you know, the world, the world tells you that you need to pick a side politically. The world tells you that, um, you know, you, you should do this or you shouldn't do that, or you should, you know, all these things or be open to everybody or whatever, whatever it is. But, um, I think a lot of times those things can actually make us look terrible to right. our community is naturally. Like, so I've got two neighbors. They both go to church. They go to two different churches because he hates hymns. He loves hymns. He's he's left. He's right. Right. You know what? Whatever that is, and I just think that I feel like those those tend to be bigger issues for unity. Right. Than, so so is it dying on hills we don't need to die on? Is that what, I mean, is that... Well, I mean, it's... I, I think it's... Sorry. Go ahead. No, you go. I was just going to say, I think it's unmet expectations, by and large. is one, one of the biggest drivers of disunity, at least from my experience mm-hmm. within the church, is people have these unwritten expectations mm-hmm. that are never told to anyone. Right. Right? 
Mm-hmm. Verbalize and, it. Well, that could be helpful. <laughs> and then you have these unmet expectations, and then it's... Mm. And, and who knows why you have those expectations, right? Mm. But I think we have to take those expectations to the cross and go, do these align with... Right. Like, are these holy yeah. or not? Um, and, you know, back to the... the selfishness or pride or mm-hmm. things along those lines. So so then let's let's move away from the less fun topic of disunity. And so then how how do we so how do we combat disunity hmm. within the church? How, how do we become unified in the Holy Spirit? I think I think one of the biggest things is speak up when you see disunity happening. Ooh. And it shouldn't just come from the leaders. It should come from the church as a whole. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like, like there's been times where, um, I've seen situations where we, we've used the word triangulation yeah. maybe once or mm-hmm. twice, but triangulation where basically I'm mad at David, but instead I talk to Luke cause I know Luke's going to talk to David. Right. That's like the church as a whole many times. Right. That's just gossip is what mm-hmm. it is. And having healthy conflict, mm-hmm. having healthy, uh, addressing, addressing healthy conflict, mm-hmm. um, I think is one of the, the ways to create greater unity because mm-hmm. it creates greater mm-hmm. trust and then that proceeds with unity in the spirit mm-hmm. i think also um being okay with having differences it sounds weird to say <laughs> that but like is that is that even okay anymore you mean we could be part of the same church body and not necessarily agree on every single thing yeah that's that's what i'm saying so because <laughs> well because that's what i was gonna i was gonna kind oh, yeah. of ask is is what is the difference between disagreeing, like disagreement and disunity? Ooh. Because I think that's where we go wrong. I think disunity is when it's at the heart level, you're essentially rejecting the relationship with that other person. So like, for example, I think there's some people that sit in churches and they sit in churches, they're there every week, they're faithful, they follow Christ. Mm. They they have the fire of the Holy Spirit working in them, but they're still their blind spot is the fact that the reason they haven't gotten more intimate and closer to other people is because they know that guy over there thinks differently than them. Mm. Rather than realizing that he's part of the body of Christ as well. I mean, not everyone is gonna be the same. Right. Um, there's there's been studies done on this, but there's really like like unity in the church is not about a homogeneous, a group that looks all the same. It's actually about the fact that the gospel is the only reason we can be unified Ooh, and oh, we're wow. drastically different. Yeah. Because because the thing is that that's the that's the miracle of the church. Mm. Beautiful. Like we're walking around around a bunch of people that don't think like us, don't act like us, but we all love Jesus and we're all gonna see him in heaven. Beautiful. And it's for his kingdom. So Amen. Sorry, I'm preaching now. No, that's good. I, I feel that mic. I, I'm no. really tempted to just, and we're done. No. Uh, <laughs> dwell on that for a while. Um, so, okay, let me, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to read my notes here while I'm like being challenged at the same time. So, um, so your, your third takeaway for us was apply one description to the Holy Spirit to your life mm. from the past series. Yeah. Um, so there were there were a ton of descriptions, right? And we're not going to go through those all. And but you know, one of the things I, I find interesting, uh, you know, when you look at Scripture, uh, Holy Spirit's described lots of different ways. God, the Father's described many different ways. Jesus is described many different ways. Mm-hmm. Do you think all of the descriptions make it harder to figure out how to identify, or does it make it easier because there's different ways for your mind to wrap around it. I'm going to let you go first. 
unless you want me to go. I've got an idea, but go with your idea. Go with my idea. Uh, yeah. So here's here's something I I think is a picture we see in scripture over and over. God uses multiple ways of describing himself, the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, you just mm-hmm. describe that. Part of the reason is we are going to identify with one more than another. Okay. And I think mm. God knows the depths of our soul and our hearts and what Ooh. we actually need. Mm. Yep. And so the reason I even said that application was there's one of those that each of us either really struggles with. Like, I don't get why there's a seal. I don't get why... Mm whatever I, I don't see the holy spirit as my helper i can do this on my own like right. scary things like that mm. saying stuff like that and so every single one of those aspects of the holy spirit as it's described shows us just a picture it doesn't give us a glimpse of the whole right mm-hmm. it's a a a, a perspective in a mm-hmm. moment in time if you look at jesus he describes things so differently throughout the gospels and you go right. well you know i've had people say he contradicts himself i'm like no he doesn't the kingdom of heaven is like the kingdom of heaven is like yeah, exactly. you're right exactly and yeah. so so but the reality is he's reaching different groups of people hmm. and he knows what their hearts and souls need and I think that's what the holy spirit does with those different descriptions but i think that the key factor in this whole series and this is what we'll get lost on everybody and this would be a failure of the serious failure of us going through this. If we do not make this the point, we need a relationship with the Holy spirit. Mm. We don't need just a nebulous. Oh, it's mm. a seal. It's a thing that I put on my desk yeah. and I stamp yeah. something with it. Yep. You know, every single mm. s- sermon Mm. No, I'm serious. It's a living and active relationship that we have. Mm. And so I think that's why God describes it so many different ways. Because but, this point in my life, I might need one description and I might need another one next week. Well, what's, what's interesting is what I've noticed is I'm like, as we go through all these descriptions, I think we did eight of them. Yeah, we did eight of them. They're all kind of the same in, in the way that the spirit works and moves. Mm-hmm. But it's described differently because... It's, I think it, it is that connection. In this season, when I see dove, I, I think of, oh, I, I would like peace. Like, that's what I need. Right, yeah. But even with all of these different things, there's peace involved or there's mm-hmm. movement involved. Uh, I think it just helps us to get a better picture of who the Holy Spirit is. Well, and I, I think what's interesting is it's like the Holy Spirit cannot be defined by a word mm. or a description right. too. I right. feel like that's kind of well, and, and ultimately <laughs> the big picture. I, I think this is this is sort of uh, you know God's way of, of humoring us sometimes, in that He's trying to take something that has infinite quality, right, <laughs> and make it consumable and understandable to the humans yeah. in the room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so. <laughs> Well, you know, I better describe, I mean, not totally different from, you know, in, in some ways when you look at the book of Revelation, John's trying to explain mm-hmm. things or Ezekiel or yeah. some of these prophetic books. They're tr- these prophets are trying to explain things. Well, and what you read Sunday. Right. I was like listening. I'm like, I close my eyes. I'm like, eyes everywhere. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, no, like, yeah, you're, like out, you're like, wait. What is what? he actually describing? Who's what, watching what, me what, right what, now? Yeah. <laughs> were, they really, were they really eyes? I mean, like. Yeah, like, right. You know? I think of like Monsters University. Though. Right, exactly. But you know, I, I, it, this is this is ultimately, I mean, yeah, it's, it's God going, okay, well, I have to describe this because mm-hmm. we only have so much capacity. Yeah, it's like, um, it's like uh, when I try to describe like, okay, the other day, my six-year-old asked me, Dad, what's the government? 
<laughs> and I'm like, well, I didn't pay attention in government class. <laughs> so I'm not the really government. Sure. Well, but, but like I as you were saying that, like I picture yeah, like exactly. Like God is looking at us that same way. Yep. Like you're like, hey, what's the Holy Spirit? And he's like, if I <laughs> If I use the words I know how to use, you wouldn't understand. Well, he doesn't need to use words. He can just implant thoughts. Well, right. <laughs> you know? All right. right. Well, okay. okay. Now we're getting... No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. But, it's, but it's, that, a, it's the finite with the infinite. I mean... Yeah, it's, it's like... Yeah. It's just that comparison of like what he understands versus what we understand. And mm -hmm. I think this series has really like helped me put words to what I've what I've felt, what I've thought, what I've studied. Like this is... I think this has really been beneficial for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So this is this is probably my most loaded question. Mm. So this might be our last. We one. have a most loaded question already so far. So, um, so one of the things, and, and it was an appropriate challenge. I think it was healthy. You you challenged people to be part of a church body. You mean the controversial quote I had in my sermon? Was it really that controversial? I don't know. Whenever you say controversial, I think of something way worse. Yeah, that's true. I think, I think he's sort of un underselling it. Yeah. Um, or overselling it. I'm overselling. Sure overselling. 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 Oh, yeah, overselling. Underselling it. I'm like, it's really cool. Oh, no, it's, really <laughs> it's provocative. <laughs> Let's use that word. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Um, down, John. Down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you challenge people to be part of a church body. Um, where that really hit home for me this week was... Uh, I was having a, a conversation with somebody um, who, um, I know it was a story I heard, I apologize, it was a story I heard about um, someone who'd really been hurt by a church, mm -hmm. right? There's actually some wounding there. Um, they were part of a really bad experience or part of, um, you know, some of those unhealthy disunity type situations mm -hmm. like we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. And so, though they are still a Christian they don't know how to re-engage mm -hmm. with a church body. And I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about a body of Christ, right? Mm -hmm. How do we, you know, as people who are passionate about the church body that we're a part of, how do we help walk alongside people who may have been hurt by mm -hmm. or wounded by? Uh, those are the same thing. I don't know why I rephrased that. A church body, maybe someplace else, maybe it was 20 years ago, right? I really struggled with that. And so I don't know that we're going to have necessarily a solution to that in this conversation. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to recognize that as like, you know, how do we do that? You know, uh, one of you brought up, you know, the, I think it was David who was talking about, you know, I've got a neighbor who does this and I've got mm -hmm. a neighbor who's this and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking to that conversation with your neighbor and it's, and, oh, yeah, you know, and you just start to have faith conversations with them. You build a relationship with them. And, and oh, yeah, I go to Brookside Church. And somebody's like, oh, well, you know, I used to, I used to go here and it's a really bad situation, whatever the case may be. And so I just kind of, you know, do my own thing now. And I, I, any thoughts on that at all? Like how we what? step into that with people? I have lots of thoughts because if you're talking about, there's two things you're talking about. Being, there are. Being hurt by... Mm -hmm. a church or identifying that maybe and, and that's hurt. that's that's really yeah and then that. there's also just being hurt by a church i i'm not going to speak for everyone at yeah. Brookside. i'm not going to speak for everyone in the church Good. at large yeah mm -hmm. 
Um, I was just, I'm yeah. not aware of anyone I've ever met that has not had church pain. Ooh, home. okay. Because of uh, disunity. Be, that's <laughs> what I, I mean, that, that's a huge part of it. But, but yeah. I'm saying like, like I wouldn't be standing, sitting here mm -hmm. talking right now mm. in a church if I allowed that to separate me from mm. the church of Jesus Christ. Ooh. And I'm not trying to say that, like, I'm not, I'm not casting shame or anything no. on anybody. Mm -mm. I'm just saying that everyone has, to an extent, some mm -hmm. church hurt or pain. But then it also goes back to person, organization, or the body of Christ. I firmly don't believe when we're acting under the Holy Spirit power that really we can mm -hmm. sin in that way to mm -hmm. harm people mm -hmm. and actually harm them. What I mean is, it doesn't mean that we don't say things with conviction and grace and truth. I think many times what happens is we get harmed by a pastor. We get harmed by a leadership group. We get harmed by a denomination. A denomination. Mm. We get told we're lesser than. We get told something that's not from scripture. And Ooh. then we equate it with scripture. And so when people leave the church, they're not leaving the Bible. They're not leaving Jesus. Right they're leaving something that they've identified that maybe is a preference or something that is not a hill to die on. They don't think of it like mm. that. I mean, I don't think we conceptualize. I think it's almost subconscious. Like, like you told me, you, you, you know, you, t I'm saying metaphorically, mm. not oh, okay. personally, Luke, but you told me like, you told me that, that I could go do this. And you said, I can't now and whatever, like, mm. like it, there's going to be those kind of things. But I think on a deeper level, I think the people that have been, abused or hurt by church members or spiritually right. abused we're like right. you need to that's more what more. i was yeah you need to do more you need to do this mm. well that's not the church doing that that's legalism that's mm. religion that's that's but, everything but that those churches exist no i don't and doubt that but they're not every church and that's no and that's and i think that's been that's the biggest struggle for those people uh me and um, another staff member just sat with somebody this weekend and that they're, they're trying to discern truth. Ooh, this church tells me this, this church tells me this, this church tells me this. Mm. And they are sold out for God. Yeah. L love Jesus, love people. Yeah. They just, they, they're having a, a struggle with the institution of church mm. and truth. Mm -hmm. Because how can, how can this be truth and this church tell me this and this church tell me this and this church tell me this? And I think that's, that's where it's important as, as the capital C church, I'll take us outside of the institution. Yeah. I think that's where church is, is most important is mm. the relationship um, because I can be in relationship and this is going to be maybe controversial. I don't know. I can be in relationship in the body of Christ without being specifically a part of a local institutional church. Maybe not. Maybe you disagree. You, no, no. I, but, I think, I think if you gather, Right, right. That's and the that's, whole point. It's gathering for the so, purpose of so worship. Think, so it doesn't matter. Two or three. I mean, that's a really we are gathered right now. You're right. And but, so I think I mean, that's that's where I think just from my observation, um, I love meeting with large groups of people. Mm -hmm. I think it brings a different energy. However, 
I don't think that's the only way that church looks. And right. so for people that are feeling that hurt from the institutionalized church, yet they still love Jesus and they're gathering with people who love Jesus. Mm. They are a part of the church. Right. And, and I think look the same. it doesn't look the same, but I think that's mm. the encouragement for people sure. who may be struggling with yeah. that is saying, you know, you, you may not step into an institutionalized church and, and maybe you will someday again. But for now, if you love Jesus and you have a community of people who love Jesus, like that's the, the gathering part is important. And I, I guess I would, I, I'm growing in empathy for people that uh, feel like they can't step into an institutionalized church. Wow. Well, and on Sunday, I wasn't saying, I want to make this clear. I was not saying that you have to come on a Sunday morning. I actually probably made it clear that it's not a Sunday morning thing. Right. It's right. The reality is being part of the body mm-hmm. of Christ. You can't be an ear by itself. It's right. dead yep. and it's not part of the yep. body, yep. right? And yep. I didn't use that illustration yeah. on Sunday. Yep. The problem is we've cut off a lot of ears. We've cut off a lot of toes mm-hmm. and some people are really hurting. So I, I want to make yeah. that clear. Yes, absolutely. But the point of gathering together from mm. Hebrews yep. is let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Mm. That's what it is. Mm. If that's not what the church is doing and people have been hurt by other things than that, mm. that's the part of the problem. And I, I, I'd be the first to say that there are moments in my life where I've been hurt by church people because that's not what the point of it is. Right. Or people making a stand because of their past mm-hmm. experience. I think one of the, the healing things about the gospel is we need to seek healing. So I would tell anyone that is struggling with that and says, I'm not going back to church ever. Well, then you're not healing. Ooh. I'm not like, I, I don't put mandates on anyone else. Like you have to do this. You have to do that. Healing is different for every person. Healing takes time. Grief takes time. It's not, we don't have the same time scale. There's no book mm-hmm. that you can write or read that is going to tell you the amount of time it's going to take. Right. But the reality is healing, seeking healing is the most important thing in that. Because if we really, really love Jesus, we know that Jesus would never do what we've been abused or have happened to us. Wow. He loves us more than that. Hmm. So I say that with like some deep empathy and you know, I almost tear up saying it because mm-hmm. the reality is Jesus loves us so much that he hates what happened to us. Oh. He hates it. I don't know if that's a mic drop moment, but I think it is. I think, I think that's probably where we'll leave the conversation. So thank you all uh, once again for joining us uh, for Church Unscripted. Feel free to uh, like, subscribe, make a comment. Don't forget to join us for uh, Easter and Good Friday. So take care.